This is the Gospel Revolution. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a weather of the wild, love's been knocking from within. You are the love you seek. A perfect day you need. Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hello, Daniel Rouse. How are you today? I'm doing well, Michael Lilborn Williams. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad, Daniel Thomas Rouse. We just, uh, we have formalities here. We're almost going to turn British here any moment. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it was, but I was driving the school bus the other day, and the girls ride on, on my bus, which is why I have the route. And uh, I was just driving down the road, and all of a sudden, I hear Evelina go, Daniel Thomas Rouse. I'm like, what? <laughs> She's been listening. <laughs> That's funny. Am I in trouble? Yeah, really? Yeah. It's the only time my mother said my full name. Yeah. I, <laughs> Daniel Thomas Rouse. I think that's true with a lot of them. Now, my mother never yelled, Michael Lilborn Williams. <laughs> Just never. So, I would love to have heard the story about how that happened. Because, see, I was the sixth child and uh, the only one to be named after my father. And it's like, I, I think that my mother probably didn't like the name Lilborn. And uh, by the time I got there, she just didn't really care one way or the other. <laughs> my, uh, from my understanding, my dad was drunk every for every birth. Mm. And uh, so I think that uh, she finally just wore down and he wanted to. Uh, since I mean, since he had one son and then four girls, it's like this obviously is like the last go around. So give me a Lilburn, give me a Lilburn. So he got one. <laughs> and here you is. And here I am. I've, I recall with fondness, actually, uh, Don Bartlett's uh, uh, difficulty with that. It was so funny. I mean, he chafed at it. <laughs> and I couldn't understand why. And I finally just asked him, I said, what is your problem with it? And he said, it just sounds ostentatious. <laughs> and it's like, it's my name. <laughs> I can't help it that I have a beautiful melodic name that when you write it out, it looks even more beautiful. So <laughs> and then after that, he decided he was going to go by Don Bear's Perlet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, it was after that uh, that he he said, "Well, so what if I wanted to?" And blah blah blah. And I said, "Well, then that's your name now." Then, <laughs> so I took a off cuff statement and nailed it to him, and uh, he was he really had no interest in being called Don Bartlett. But uh, after he gave me such a rough time over <laughs> my name. Uh, using my full name yeah that was just that was well that was don you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was one of the joys of working with uh, brother don <laughs> we've been talking here michael the last 
several months about a lot of stuff and uh, eternal life. There's being been a one couple of them. Of them. <laughs> and I just think about how many times we bring up Don. I mean, to, the fact that he is so actively a part <laughs> of what we yet do. He is downright intrusive. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, we we love you, Don. We know you're here in us, with us, and we love it. We do indeed, and we appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> we've been uh, speaking of uh, eternal life. The number of subjects we have covered here recently has been at warp speed, number one, mm. and as in-depth as we could get, but I really think that any one of these subjects could uh would deserve like an entire conference on yeah. just the one subject yeah and um so i was telling daniel i said i don't even know why we're doing this they don't nobody even gives us a like <laughs> button on facebook <laughs> <laughs> and uh we think it's good but we do get phone calls from people who listen to the show and i know for a fact that the very people that i talk to on the phone, don't hit the like button. So <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, that they have an adversity to that somehow. So anyway, we're going to have to to live without affirmation, I suppose. <laughs> but Michael, my head is spinning. Uh, my God, I mean, we have unraveled uh, yet another three, four topics that have. I mean, they, they were the core of my Christian life. Yeah. And it's all been in three or four weeks. Yeah. Oof. Zoinks. Yeah. And, and I'll have to say that they have been uh, unraveled uh, for me also and certainly created a different space in which to think. Mm. I know even just going through our research on angels. Uh, gosh, we've, we've been chasing angels all over heaven and, and earth, and uh, we've found out a lot about them. I think the uh, most shocking thing for me was to come to grips with the fact, the fact that angels had no ministry to human beings. Uh, they are not yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, uh, have them go get your money or your health or anything else. Uh, but the, uh, the reality, uh, and again, uh, all that did was cause us to focus that much more on the power of predestined redemption and salvation and how that uh, angels were a part of that before the foundation of the world and that we were created in Christ before the the foundation of the world. So we we were not the creation of all of that was done, but we did not become in Christ until it is declared to be so. But mm. there's nothing that we have uh of the work of the cross that in the mind of God and in the predestination of all things was not already finished. See, that's one thing I see where our mystic friends get that from. But then uh, they are failing to see the difference between 
a master plan that is finished in the mind of the creator of that master plan and the uh, the finished touches of it. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is just as clear as it can be. Uh, and, and again, Don helped me through some of that to uh, know that all of what was planned out, all that was to be was planned out before there was let there be light. But then to have the crystal understanding that once it was done, it was done. And, uh, you know, we don't have uh, uh, demons running around trying to uh, influence people. I really appreciated Linda Hamilton's uh, questions because I think it gave us a opportunity to directly uh, address the fact because we were told in Christianity that demons were the only reason that people did mm-hmm. anything bad. So yeah. God, well, well, if that's true, we were casting out demons of uh, of overeating, uh, goodness, uh, demons of attitude, demons of, I mean, there was everything that was not just a really holy thing. The person had a demon because we we got sold on that aspect of this. And I remember when myself, the uh, America's foremost authority on demonology, saw others going into the extremes of that. It's like, nah, you know, I don't think that I'm going there. I don't think that is demonic. And uh, people were getting their houses cleared out of frogs and, and you know, <laughs> uh, owls. I remember the little air fresheners that was a little owl that you could mm. sit on the back of your toilet. And we had to have a whole exorcism because of one of those things. <laughs> oh, goodness. Judy really gave us the opportunity to, uh, to examine the very reality that humans can be very evil without any inspiration from an external invisible world. Mm. In fact, it is in many cases the uh, the thought that there is an invisible world that leads them to many of these acts, yeah. uh, an invisible world that they've got to please, an invisible world they failed, an invisible world that uh, gives them identity and uh, mix that with some mental illness and uh, man, you're just uh, you can come up with just about anything. Let me say this: the fact of it is, most mentally ill people that I know are very peaceful people. I don't mm-hmm. ever connect, uh, as it sounded like, as we were saying that that mental illness connects to violence. Uh, it's very, it's actually very rare that violence is connected to mental illness. And, uh, but mentally ill people can become violent. Uh, but anybody can become violent. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing to discard that, uh, dualistic thought that it requires a devil or a demon to cause the human race to be in the condition that it is in. Very poor choices have placed the human race in the condition that it is in. 
you can't elect Vladimir Putin as president and then expect peace. You, you just can't. You know, those are choices that people made. Well, we think they were choices. You know, we don't know whether the, they um, uh, did their elections fairly or not, but who knows? Uh, but the uh, very poor choices in most of these cases are uh, uh, connected to a lot of the evil that we see. And it is extremely extraordinary to me that the Paul Potts of the world and the uh, 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 Kim Jong-un, the uh, Putins, the uh, Hitlers, you just go down the list. And it's so shocking to me that it's one single personality that leads the masses to uh, over the cliff. I mean, it's the Pied Piper thing, you know. So I think the more quickly that we stop allocating this as they're demon possessed or uh, whatever, that we will be able to handle these things more logically and find a, a way to deal with it. You know, like I said, let's just not put people like that in power. Maybe. <laughs> uh, and I realize that many of these people just take power, but, uh, but at some point you have to submit, right? That's right. Uh, again, I want to uh, thank Judy for that letter. I hope that that was uh, gave some clarity to that. We'd like to hear back and see what uh, you had to say about uh, how we approach that. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, Michael, about um, some of these things that we have been learning about eternal life. Um, not being connected to going to heaven. Oh my, yeah. Um, what hev the heavenly means and, you know, uh, understanding angels. And you know, the thing that comes prominently to my mind is the doing away with dualism. Yes. Because each one of these things as traditionally thought taught in Christianity and other religions mm. uh, is dualistic. It is. Okay. You just mentioned a spiritual world going alongside the natural world. Uh, a spiritual being influencing a natural being. Mm -hmm. um, you have uh, a, a life beyond this life mm -hmm. um, where God lives. Mm -hmm. um, you have a habitation of God that's outside of our habitation uh, and these beings that yeah. are in a realm outside of our realm. And what we are discovering is, uh, as we look at more fractals of the gospel, mm -hmm. is that all of these dualistic places and beings and things were all brought in together in one in Christ. And I, I can't see another beautiful picture of the gospel yet. Well, it just keeps getting beautifuler, you know, <laughs> uh, since I'm into making up words here recently. Uh, <laughs> It it does, uh, and we can expect that. I I have uh, no inkling at all that we have uh, uh, unfolded the universe of the understanding of the gospel. I think it's going to continue. Uh, we encourage you guys to keep listening uh, because I'm you know, and 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 it's these questions that really help spur us on into this we are in a vein of thought that mm. 
Um, it's a bit different. It's an extenuation of the uh, gospel that we've shared for decades now, but it is a, uh, you know, some would call it a deeper dive. Um, it's uh, becoming more fine-tuned. Uh, I, you know, you know, pick your uh, metaphor uh, as you will, but the fact of it is, is that uh, these are things that I didn't know I needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've had many people that received the gospel over these decades that have dropped out and gone on because that's exactly what they thought. They thought that mm. they had received all they needed to know. Uh, I want to emphasize again the uh, the importance. I've, I have people in my life uh, that are very dear and very close to me that know the gospel, but they do not listen. They just don't listen. And the sad thing about it is what I'm saying now is not going to go to any of those that are not listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for those of you who are, please understand that there is a benefit to listening to, uh, as we call it, the CPR of the gospel. It is, uh, uh, you can call it brain food, you can call it uh, soul food, you can call it, you know, whatever you want. The one thing that I do want to make sure that we are not trying to do is feed our spirit. Mm. Uh, we are not trying to grow our little bitty baby spirit up into a great big uh, spirit. Uh, everything that is spirit has been perfected. It has been brought to completion. It has been brought to union. And that's why one of the reasons that we are uh, looking so intently at this issue with angels, uh, that if there are angels separately out there doing things there's a dualism there that uh that the gospel does not leave me comfortable with mm. so uh uh that's the the reasoning behind this at least in uh uh looking in hindsight we can see the reasoning i don't think we knew the reasoning <laughs> when we started but uh but these certainly were questions for us and now we're at a point where we're going to need to do some research. I don't think we're ready to do it. We can point out uh, maybe a place or two to show why we need to do this. But the fact that the term angels in uh, the New Testament or the term angel does not always mean and what we know of as an angelic being. Mm -hmm. uh, and you talk about changing everything contextually. Uh, and, uh, of course, one of those ways that we find out whether or not a word in the New Testament, sometimes the New Testament word just is not right, is such as the word world. And uh, it is world time after time, but there are three or four uh, different Greek words that are uh, absolutely have nothing to do with each other hardly at all as far as understanding and meaning is concerned. Uh, but then we have found places where that we've gone back to the Hebrew and the Hebrew actually, uh, the Hebrew scriptures show us that they picked a Greek word 
that is just wrong. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just not there. That helped us a great deal. I mean, you know, we, we hadn't even talked about going through our study about uh, McDowell Edder and uh, finding the moniker for Mary in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's time we start being paid according to what we are doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what a magnificent insight. I, mm. I mean, it is, it's irrefutable um, to, uh, and to go in and to find those. I, and also the uh, uh, understanding that we gained out of uh, revelation. And yes, we are kind of recapping right now because Daniel and I both are spinning with all <laughs> of this uh, and um, uh, going through and finding out that uh, uh uh, about the uh, war that was in heaven, mm -hmm. and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. And My God. how many times? I mean, that's such a cornerstone of Christian teaching people to share their testimony because you will overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. And the context is just so opposite to that it doesn't include humans at all it very distinctly tells you and michael and his angels were at war with lucifer and his angels mm. and three verses down says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony which we had to read into that and see that it was not their testimony uh if it was by the blood of the lamb it wasn't by their blood uh uh, and and the word of their then it couldn't be their testimony, and we looked at the way the structure of the sentence, and it actually says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of his testimony, for he mm -hmm. loved not his life unto death. Wow! Now we should start a whole church on that. I mean, that's another <laughs> denomination right there. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, the the power of understanding that and so what are we doing right now we are cleansing your soul with the repetition of the truth of the gospel so uh, please don't turn this off because oh they're just recapping what they've already taught yes because we need it and i would say if we need mm -hmm. it you probably do too mm -hmm. Yeah, the CPR, man, I just, uh, like, like I said, my head is spinning. You know, the three that really stick out to me here in the last couple of months, Michael, is eternal life, heaven, heavenly, mm -hmm. uh, and, and angels. Um, and I think it would be worthwhile, Michael, for us to do a little CPR here and uh, repeat some of this understanding because... I think we went through it quite at warp speed. Uh, I, yeah, I think we did. Even though it was quite meticulous mm -hmm. because we went, you know, chapter by chapter, verse, word by word. Word by and, word, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think we covered so much ground in such a short period of time. Um, I think it's worthwhile to, to look at a couple of these. Um, you know, the first one that we kind of started this journey on that, in, like you said, in the vein that we're in right now, is eternal life. Uh, what 
caught our curiosity was, is eternal life connected to going to heaven? And so that was our initial search was to go through, do we see any instance in the scriptures, in the New Testament or anywhere where there is a connection between uh, eternal life and um, being the equivalent of going to heaven? And um, to this point, Michael, we haven't found anything about going to heaven. Um, To the contrary, we found out that prior to the cross, we don't see people in heaven at all. Um, We found one place where we see people in heaven, but we're going to save that for the conference. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It was a very important (laughs) gathering. And yep. it did take place. Um, and, and, and a little tease, it was the ushering in of eternal life. Um, but the eternal life we have now, and we have the eternal life right now, um, is not us going to heaven. Um, it's not a ticket to heaven. Uh, the, the sinner's prayer is not the ticket to go to heaven. So, yeah, uncovering that. And then... Along that process, the question came up, well, then what exactly is eternal life? Um, the Greek words that we found out in that were aeonius, um, which is e- eternal, um, everlasting. Um, I-, I know a lot of times in the book of Revelation, um, Jesus is referred to as the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Um, Aeon uh, is the root word, and aeon has uh, in it the context of a certain period of time. Um, For instance, it's one of the words that's translated as world, um, aeon. And so we have one world and a new world, and we are in the new world, but there was an old world. Uh, There was an old aeon, and now there's a new aeon. Uh, But then there's this aeon called eternal. Uh, Aeonius. Aeonius zoe is the Greek word for life. And uh, it was interesting, Michael, um, as we looked at zoe, that was another discovery that zoe was particularly used only in reference to God or this eternal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did not speak of, yes. what was the other word? Suke? Uh, and it did not yes. speak of, you know, um, mental awareness or uh, a breathing uh, type of life. Um, but it's, I, I think it's, I don't know, how would you say it? A God kind of life? <laughs> yes, it is the, the life of God himself. Mm. Uh, it is God. Yeah. And in that, it is eternal, yes. right? <laughs> because God himself uh, is eternal. And if we have eternal life, we have to have God. Wow. Uh, there is no God handing out eternal life. <laughs> it's <just, laughs> it like, you know, and you get eternal life and you get eternal life. So, yeah, uh, uh, God is not Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> um, we're not saying Oprah Winfrey is not God, but <laughs> oh, we lost some followers there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, uh, but uh, yes, these things that we have welded things together that do not go together in the doctrines of Christianity, and we have failed 
to allow the scriptures uh, and by extension, the teachings of Paul and Jesus uh, and Apollos uh, to all uh, help us understand what is uh, melded together, what in, uh, what in the world has uh, come together as one thing that uh, I just, I was totally uh, enraptured by that uh, term mm-hmm. to superimpose. I mean, what a wonderful thing. And uh, all of those words that we ha- are collecting, that is a description of this magnificent change that happened but the change didn't just happen to the human race it happened to god it didn't just happen on earth it happened in heaven it just didn't happen to man it also yeah. happened to angels uh that is the uh that's the big picture that we're looking at here and that's i think it's vitally important what we're doing here because we have segmented so many of these topics, and now I think we need to kind of back up to the 30,000-foot view and see where that these things all fit uh, together as well, mm-hmm. it's just one picture. Um, the alloy wow. process, I mean, uh, all of that, we can just we can pull those in from uh, any direction. And, uh, but you see, there is a movement afoot to try to discredit that yeah. alloy process, that superimposition that has taken place uh, by, uh, and you know, the sad thing about it is it renders the work of the cross uh, absolutely mm. ineffective. Uh, now uh, uh, people can get awfully excited about it because they know they have to, they know they have to say, Jesus, Jesus, wonderful Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, because there are people uh, speaking to people who are oriented around the name of Jesus. But uh, the doctrine that is uh, surrounding those things have nothing to do with Christ. Uh, Because Christ is that that person that uh, embodied the person of God and the person of man as Don uh, is horning his way in here again and <laughs> called uh, called it the uh, he saw Jesus as the prototype mm. and he was the very first one. There was not a God man on earth. You just cannot argue that at all. Uh, he was uh, he was God man. He was man and God, and there was not one before him. To say that Jesus was just could have been any old man. Uh, I, I can't even, uh, you know, on an on a intellectual basis, on a basis of insight, and on basis of uh, scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, the teachings of all of the teachers of the New Testament, uh, including uh, Peter, James, and John. I cannot uh, find that for you, even though it is taught vehemently by a lot of people that are out there. They're even writing brand new Bibles for it. Mm. Goodness. Yeah. And, and all those people, as Don would say, perverts. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it better. You can. <laughs> 
You know, in the in the search that we did on the verses that uh, pertain to eternal life, Aeonius, Zoe, uh, the one that really stood out to me was John 17, 3. Because uh, I think Jesus just tells us what it's all about. Uh, John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, that there's another word, that word know, uh, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And Michael, you've taught this over the years that that word know is um, to be a part of the family. Uh, yeah. Be to, blood related. To, yeah, a, a blood relation. Um, and, and that's the eternal life, is yeah. that we are related and uh, related to the point of being one yes. <laughs> with God. Yes. Uh, uh, we are one and, uh, um, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what other authority do you want on mm. a definition of eternal yeah. life? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, let's go someplace else and look, it's like, I, I think we've heard from the only mm-hmm. real authority on this is that, uh, Jesus said that uh, it's to become blood related yeah. to God and the Son, mm. uh, to God and His Son. That is eternal life. And um, now, for those who need to know what that's going to look like after we draw our last breath, I just don't mm. have a thing for you. I am, I am, uh, uh, I can give you my, uh, suspicions i the uh, let me tell you what i know i know we're not going to someplace off mm-hmm. up in the wild blue yonder uh why would we go there mm-hmm. when it has been vacated uh by god and by the angels uh, uh even the new jerusalem came down from heaven it didn't stay in heaven it came down from heaven and as we've discussed with you about the term heavenly, is that that means here. So uh, somewhere in this concept of eternal life, ongoing life, uh, is an existence that is in God, in Christ, mm-hmm. in each other. And uh, I, I, I hate to give... Uh, a uh, Hollywood reference here, but I remember watching the movie. Gosh, this thing came out 20 something years ago. It's called Powder. And have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. Oh, gosh, you got to watch it. Uh, so, Powder was uh, uh, found. It was a boy uh, who was found in a basement whose father had died and he was uh, just white as snow. And he, they, uh, uh, he could not be in the sun, obviously, and uh, he also drew electricity. He was electricity. It's mm. just, it's a wonderful little sci-fi thing. And uh, they noticed there were lightning rods all over the house. You know, instead of one, there was like a whole row of them up and down each side and everything. <laughs> and um, uh, he lived in the basement. Uh, long story. Uh, it's a beautiful story. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, you will really like it. It's uh, again, it's called Powder. And uh, at the end, where oh my gosh, he makes such 
powerful statements in the middle of it about life and uh, uh, about not being able to see. He uh, described how that everybody has a dot in the middle of their head and they mm. can see past that dot. And uh, just real sweet things, you know, that are had so much, uh, a great deal of understanding about them. And so at the end of it, of course, they don't know what to do with him and he doesn't know what to do with them and he hates living in this world and he's just too different. And so when they're getting ready to take him and put him in some type of a home or something, uh, a, a big thunderstorm starts rolling over. And of course, you know, his whole being responds to the electricity. And uh, uh, instead of going into shelter in the house with all of the lightning rods, he starts running through the field. And uh, as he's running through the field with his arms stretched out and then the lightning's just going all around him. And then suddenly, you know, the lightning hits from several directions and just, just poof. He's gone and mm -hmm. they're chasing him. And as they're chasing him and they see him disappear, they all, all of them, their breath is like, ah, 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 you know, because they feel him coming into them. Mm. Wow. And, uh, so uh put it on your movie list it's a, <laughs> uh, it 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 may be a uh poor uh hollywood rendition of uh what this is uh but i i think it uh, can inspire you to see this because the way that it's played out that uh what we are expecting very well may be uh, this indwelling of each other as we leave here. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's your watch list this week is, <laughs> as powder. And even if you've seen it before, uh, after going through all these teachings, you should go see it again, which I'm going to. Yeah. So eternal life to know God, uh, to be blood kin to God um, and not going to heaven. Um, and then we looked at, okay, so what is this heaven? Uh, and we looked at it in many different ways. I remember the layers of heaven. Yeah. Uh, I remember me trying to pronounce all of them scientific. <laughs> Which I had a lot of fun with. I, <laughs> I'm sure you did. I felt like Don Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, you know? <laughs> he had a hard time admitting he was wrong, but he had a fun time pointing out when you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. Um, you know, we uh, Paul talked about being caught up into the third heaven, um, which got our curiosity. And um, I found a part of the um, Jewish belief system. Now, this was extra biblical. It wasn't found in the scriptures, but it was mm -hmm. something as tradition does and as doctrines do, um, became something that they started talking about these seven layers of heaven. And uh, that third layer uh, happened to relate to a realm of revelation. Um, and if we're going to yeah. trust on the scriptures, we don't see any of that. But Paul said, hey, I became something to everybody. And so that everyone could relate to what I was saying. So 
hey, if there's a third heaven, <laughs> I've been there. And here's what I learned. Yeah. And, and I would have to tell you that uh, I've been caught up to the third heaven based mm. on that definition. People listening to this program have been caught yep. up to the third heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, they call me on the phone caught up to the third heaven <laughs> and wanting me to catch up real quick. So I mean, <laughs> the thing you have to understand is when you've been caught up to the third heaven, it doesn't mean everybody can join you immediately. You may have to explain <laughs> yourself for a little while. <laughs> uh, so this really has been, uh, I have no problem using that terminology of the third heaven i think that it's uh i think it's very descriptive and uh, and usable term mm -hmm. uh, the uh, uh especially knowing that heaven itself uh the abode of god uh that god himself has vacated the place yeah uh and therefore i mean we cannot assume or think that he left the angels behind yeah so uh and uh, especially knowing that this work of the angels was very very specifically tied to salvation and the ministry of the christ from before the foundation of the world they it's like i can just see these these angels pouring over the blueprints. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, wow. Want to be great when this part happens. Oh, look yeah. what's coming up. You know, <laughs> I do have a vivid imagination. Uh, but I, to me, you know, it's like, you know, God and Christ comes up with this incredible plan. And then the angels were made privy to it. And, uh, 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 very, uh, uh plainly spoken that he jesus nor the angels knew the uh, very hour this was going to happen mm -hmm. so uh uh jesus made that very clear but he did say the father knew yeah so this was one point in the process that only the father knew mm. Yeah. So that captures my my interest as to why was it important that only the father knew that point. Mm. Um, I know there's a reason for it, and I I find a difficult time knowing there's a reason for things, and I don't know the reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as we were going through um, our search on heaven through the Gospels. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, a lot of the references were um, God, Father, who's in heaven, a treasure in heaven, um, these things in heaven. But then when we got to the book of John, um, if I remember correctly, I think almost all, if not all, of the references to heaven were of something coming down from heaven. Mm -hmm. um, the one who was born from heaven. Uh, came to heaven, judgment from heaven, you know, all of these things from heaven, from heaven, God from heaven, yeah. uh, uh, angels from heaven. Um, and so that's a beautiful picture that everything in heaven was trying to get to the earth. Yes. And here Christianity is trying to get everyone to get to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> get off earth and get into heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, gosh, that super highway, uh, uh, i.e. ladder that, mm. um, the angels began to use as 
the heavens opened at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Man, don't you know that that was an exciting time for them? You know, yeah. they did. You know, the, it's it's interesting that at Christ's birth, they run up and da 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 da, da and they broadcast the news, but then they go back. Mm-hmm. But then at that was at his birth. But then when he begins his three-year ministry, the superhighway was open. Yeah. 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 And Even the baptism, when he was baptized, you know, the, mm-hmm. it records that the heavens opened. <laughs> yes. And, and they could see, but that, you know, that ladder wasn't there. You know, it was like <laughs> the highway's not open yet, you know, and I, you could just, my uh, 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 imagination of angels is that they knew their, uh, work and they knew how to do their work and they knew they would be successful at their work and they wanted mm-hmm. to do their work. And, uh, then, um, uh, to be able to, to see that, but that, that point, uh, I, I mean, that's another thing that we found. We found Jacob's ladder for God's yeah. sakes, folks. Goodness. Come on, open your checkbooks. <laughs> <laughs> I have never in, in 30, five years of being in Christianity and searching the scriptures and the Bible, I have never heard anyone relate Jacob's ladder to the ministry of Christ. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's, we took it personally that these angels were coming up and down Mm -hmm. for us. And even in the dream, God explained to him what the damn ladder was for and why the super highway was open. Mm. That it would be open for salvation. You know, that's exactly what is detailed by the voice of God in the dream that Jacob had. Now, they songs call it Jacob's Ladder. I don't think Jacob ever called it his, and I don't think God ever called it his. But we we know what we're talking about when we say Jacob's Ladder. Uh, So I have no problem using that term. Uh, but uh, only when we think that Jacob's ladder was there to serve Jacob, and it was not, absolutely was not there to serve Jacob. Mm. So uh, this uh, the, this ministry of angels, uh, we have found that there is a possibility that some of the terms about angels uh, actually are, is talking about the prophets of the uh, Old Covenant. And that we are looking into, and uh, we can let you know some about that. Is there anything at all we can share with the folks today as to why we have gone on another lunatic rage here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think there's there's two sides to it that has um, striked our curiosity, at least. in the revelation, you have these angels uh, that are involved in these seven churches in Asia. And, and this, is, this is something that um, the, some Christians even stand for, is that these angels were not angelic beings, but they were, um, I think, even in my, in my dad's book, <laughs> he calls them the pastors of these churches, uh, messengers. Um, and I've I remember another gentleman who used to come visit our church all the time. His name was uh, Anthony Wade. Um, And I think he wrote a book about these messengers to the churches. And uh, in his whole book, it was all about 
I don't know if he limited it to the pastors or it might have been the whole fivefold ministry um, that these were the angels. I think he called this book the angels of the house. Um, but um, and then also it's interesting in the book of Hebrews, you know, it starts off um, by God in various times in various ways has spoken in times past through the fathers and through the prophets. But now in these last days has spoken through his son. Um, and right in that context of the whole chapter, then all of a sudden there's all these references to angels. Mm-hmm. Um, and which makes one wonder, okay, so are the angels, the fathers and the prophets, uh, or are they referring to angelic ministry? Uh, because then you get to chapter two and chapter two says, therefore we must give the most earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through the angels proves steadfast. Um, so are we getting a message from angels? Or are we getting the message from the fathers and the prophets? Because chapter one is about the message that came from uh, the fathers and the prophets. Yep. Right. And in chapter two, they're called angels. Yep. Correct. So very interesting. Yeah. Is there any uh, Hebrew text that would, uh, would have used that word angel or angels differently that is a quote sure um in let's see in hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6 it says but when he again brings the firstborn into the world he says let all the angels of god worship him hmm. uh and that all let all the angels of god worship him uh, according to my bible uh is a reference from uh, Deuteronomy thirty two forty three, which reads, "Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, mm. for he will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people." Mm. Um, now that word "people" in um, the margins of my Bible says that some translations write. Uh, and let all the gods or angels worship him. So, what is that word in the Hebrew? That word in the Hebrew is am, which is a people, uh, a tribe, hmm. a group of people. Um, so, in, in the Hebrew word, I don't see any angelic being. Yet, when it got quoted, the best we can tell, it turned into angels. Yeah. Now, that's not the only place that we have found that translations into the Greek were wrong. <laughs> they were just wrong, uh, such as the, the word that you were bringing up earlier about knowing God. Mm. And I, I remember the shock, one of the shocks of my life was looking at that, and they shall all know him from the least to the greatest. And uh, so it's like, you know, uh, and it was uh, gnosis. It meant knowledge. There in the New Testament, it means knowledge. But when I went back again, and this is where I started making sure that I went back to check the Hebrew, because this is where I found out this did not always get translated accurately. Uh, But the Hebrew can clear it up very quickly. And I went back and found that the word there had nothing to do with knowledge. It had to do with being blood kin. 
Mm. And all shall be blood kin. Yeah. And this is life eternal, that you be blood related. And Mm. all shall be blood related. So suddenly there's just this tremendous insight into a part of what it means to be one in God, in Christ. Yeah. Wow. And uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Mm. Uh, There is no change. There is no change from sin to righteousness without the blood of Christ. Wow. Uh, uh, Now, if you listen to people who write that out of the Bible, uh, I'm going to quote Paul. Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) I speak this to your shame, Paul Mm. said. And uh, that's just a shame yeah. that uh, that people are being honored and uh, uh, and glorified and uh, praised for their extremely extensive work in dismantling the basic understanding of the work of the cross to shoehorn in a new idea. Mm. And that new idea is uh, original design, that uh, uh, man was something more than good. Yeah. Uh, uh, man was perfect. Mm. And then, of course, you've got to redefine everything from there down. So, uh, And they have. Believe yeah. me, they have meticulously redefined everything. That can, and none of those redefinitions can be found in the Old Testament or the New. Mm-hmm. It's just once you accept the doctrine of original design, then everything else, it's like we were in the Word of Faith movement. And uh, Mark 11, 22, uh, 23 and 24, uh, you can have whatever you say. If you say to this mountain, and isn't it amazing that every verse said that? Yeah. Uh, every verse fit that paradigm. And uh, the number of people, including myself, who had numbers of series on that one subject. And these verses mean that because that meant this. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I am most proud of in the gospel revolution, and, and you guys that are a part of this should be too, is that we look at context, content, and definition of words, and we allow the Hebrew scriptures to to properly align even the definition of the words. Mm -hmm. You don't have a right to say, I'm quoting something in Italian and coming up with an English word that means something totally different than that. Mm -hmm. You got to go back and find out what the Italian word was. But because you may wind up completely off mark, and we have on on many occasions, uh, and uh, uh, and they shall know the Lord from the least to the greatest, uh, fell into the wheelhouse of you got to believe in the Lord. So now you got to know Him to believe in Him, and if you believe in Him, you'll know Him, and then starts that rat race. But uh, let me assure you that everyone that has drawn breath on this side of the cross has known the Lord. Wow. Everyone. Mm. They shall all know from the least to the greatest. And even contextually, there's only one way for that to be true. 
And that is if it means something outside of the term uh, gnosis. Mm. As we went back to the Hebrew scriptures and found out it indeed is something much more profound than knowledge. You know, uh, anyone of our gospel revolutionaries that out there that want to put a book together, I got a good idea for you. You can title it Lost in Translation. And you can just do what Michael said, just explain how we define biblical terms, uh, context, and definition, and allowing the Hebrew scriptures to bring that out. And then do a glossary of all of these words, uh, world and cosmos and uh, aeon and uh, okamani, I mean, heaven, eternal life. Oh, my gosh, that would be a, that'd be a good book for somebody. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> you remember us going through uh, Kevin's letter. I didn't ask him directly if it's okay to use his last name. I, I think it is, but I'm not going to until I've. Uh, he was so excited that we uh, brought up the conversation uh, that he and I had. And uh, remember, this is the man who was uh, head of Andrew Walmack's tape department when i spoke out there mm. and he filled in the background for us as to what actually happened behind the scenes and um that my tape was destroyed and a tape that andrew had recorded about the second coming that he had heard me teach on uh saying that the second coming was the resurrection of jesus until wow. tvn said if you're going there we're not going to support you mm. And uh, and half of his congregation was thrilled by it, and the other half was uh, was PO'd. And uh, then Kevin went from there because uh, Andrew uh, handed down an edict that anybody that agreed with what Mike Williams had taught, they were to uh, resign or be fired. <laughs> and, you know, the vast majority of his staff, uh, there was a turnover. Wow. Very same thing happened at Marilyn Hickey's church. And uh, the vast majority of her staff at that same edict, I know these guys are in cahoots and I'm sure that they were trying to figure out how to cut the viper's head off, you know, instead <laughs> of, uh, so, you know, we just, we just fire everybody that thinks he's right, you know, um, uh, other than assassinating Mike Williams, I don't know what else we can do. Um, and not that they had any conspiracy to assassinate me, but I think if I had been, they would not have been disappointed. <laughs> uh, and then to find out what went on in that, oh my gosh, mm -mm. oh my gosh, the, the horrible things that were being said by the people answering these prayer calls, and they basically were there to raise money. And then all of these vulgar, degrading terms they used about these people afterward of how stupid they were mm. that they got them to give these bigger offerings. My God. And uh, uh, there, there's a history here. There is indeed a gospel revolution afoot. And it's, uh, you know, we, we are uh, charging forward with that. Now, uh, Kevin, like I said, um, he had uh, told us about that. Then the next letter I get from Kevin, he laid out a list of things that we need to do. And with the website and really wonderful ideas, 
I haven't told Kevin that he just laid out his job description. So, so, uh, I've just always been a real believer. You know, I used to tell people, if you see that the trash needs to be taken out, that's God telling you. Uh, man, we spiritualized even taking the damn trash out. Yep. But that when I was in uh, Puerto Rico with the children of God, I was on uh, garbage ministry. Mm. I, it was actually called a ministry. <laughs> oh, boy. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks now. So. Uh, the last one, Michael, that, that we had uh, uncovered, and it was one of the most recent ones right before the angels, was heavenly. Because we went through heaven, but then we said uh, we missed one because we got to go back yeah. and look at heavenly and thank God we did. Yeah. We went through heaven and said, whoops, there's nobody here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the heavenly, uh, that's where we learned that it's a superimposition of yes. heavens, uh, oh over the earth. And oh my God, does that paint the Lordy picture of the God. gospel so beautifully? Mm-hmm. What, what's our word? Beautiful lyre? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beautifulist or something. If it's wrong, I said it. Uh, yeah, this uh, superimposition of heaven itself, not just God uh, uh, being alloyed, but the very existence of heaven itself mm. being superimposed onto the earth. Wow. Wow. Now, uh, that makes me want to just go open the back door and look around for a little while, you know. <laughs> if it wasn't for that damn highway down at the bottom of the hill, I'd probably see some angels or God or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know how it can get uh, better. Uh, uh, like I said, we've been basically recapping, but you've learned a couple of new things also. Mm-hmm. That, uh, again, and just a couple of new things that we've gone into would deserve an entire conference on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and along this process, you know, we, we had discussion and that was Judy's letter that we went over um, a couple of weeks ago here. Um, what about the, the, the bad side, the devil and his angels? And, you know, part of an alloy process is when because uh, the, the, the Bible says that everything that was in heaven and everything that was in earth uh, came into one. And by fire. By fire, uh, yeah. which is that alloy process, everything mm-hmm. coming in. And part of an alloy process, if you've ever watched that video on YouTube, um, go check it out. You have it. And what they do is they scoop up all of this nasty stuff off the, the top dross. of the, the dross <laughs> off of the, the, the fire. Uh, and what that is, is all the impurities and if you will, all sin, the devil, his angels, yeah. all of that was just scooped up off top of this uh, new creation. And so we see this whole process taking place. And so in, in that alloy process, um, those impurities were removed and that's true about us too. The human race, um, the unrighteousness, the sin. Uh, the unholiness that was all scooped out. Uh, the dross was taken out, and all that, that was left was pure, holy, righteous, yeah, sinless. 
Mm. And, and, you know, even as we have uh, uh, gone into some detail about the fact that the word knowledge got uh, mistranslated, uh, that everyone knows him, but not everybody knows this. Yeah. And this is what the whole world needs to know. Uh, and as, as the knowledge of this, and I have to say, it's not just the knowledge of this, it's the absence of things that are contrary to this knowledge. Mm. That is knowledge of this. Yeah. You don't have to know the gospel to have the power of the gospel in effect. You just have to be rid of the things that are contrary to the gospel. Mm. That's why scientists and doctors and people are able to find more discoveries and move humanity forward because they're not looking at a dualism when they start mm. trying to do this discovery. It's for all human beings and for the benefit of all. Wow. And uh, so uh, all you have to do, folks, we don't have to teach everybody the gospel to have its impact. We are, it's, we're impacted by it today just because the ideas of legalism and dualism at points have been rolled back enough to where that whoop, the power of the gospel is there. You don't even have to know it because you are it. Mm. And then suddenly there comes this, uh, this manifestation. Look where we've come uh, in the last couple of hundred years. I, uh, I'll go through this again. I live in a small townhouse, 1,100 square feet. And uh, I know with all the things that I have in this apartment that 200 years ago that the Vanderbilts would have uh, chosen to live here. Mm -hmm. uh, I, mean, I mean, it's amazing. I've got uh, nobody has to deliver ice at the front door. Uh, you know, uh, uh, nobody has to carry in water. Uh, uh, we don't have to go out to an outdoor uh, toilet. I mean, it's not been hardly more than 200 years ago that there was no such thing as indoor plumbing. Indoor plumbing was a chamber pot. And uh, can you imagine that sometimes I'm watching these old movies and I just think about the smell that must have <laughs> been everywhere. And it's like... <laughs> Oh, you know, I know God chose me to live in this time because I couldn't <laughs> have done that. <laughs> my my smeller works way too well to have ever been around that. I've been gagging all the time. And I'm going to gag if I keep talking about it, in fact. So let's move on. <laughs> but see, just by now, these aren't people who have preached the gospel that's got us this far. These are people who simply have stepped away from dualistic thinking and started applying their abilities to helping everybody. Yeah. Well, what is that? That is the power of the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, why has air transportation developed the, the way that it has? It's because of a, a divorcement from uh, evangelical Christian. Hindu uh, views and uh, started depending on like uh, lift aerodynamics and uh, aerodynamics uh, works for everybody. It doesn't make any difference who it is. And 
uh, Orville and Wilbur did not get into that little craft on the beach that day, uh, wondering how many white people they were going to be able to put in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, this was this was discovery for discovery's sake. And that in and of itself is the gospel. Yeah. Because it is a view of the world that does not segregate or minimize people because of uh, their, their skin color or where they're from or any of these things at all. Because there was nothing that Orville and Wilbur could do to keep this from being applicable to every human on the planet when they did it. Mm. So did they know the gospel? I doubt very seriously. They understood that they were alloyed hard fast to God himself. But I can tell you what they were void of. They were void of enough religion to be able to think. Mm. And uh, uh, goodness gracious, uh, the, the, the air conditioner or the heat one, I, we're at that time of year that when this thing kicks on, I don't know whether it's coming on with heat or air. <laughs> Uh, one day you need one thing, the next day you need the other. But, uh, I mean, I'm sitting in a virtual wonderland yeah. uh, of comfort that kings. Uh, I, goodness, the research that I've done into the uh, uh, centuries past, and, you know, I was telling uh, uh, everybody about my uh, Y-DNA grandfather that was dug up, you know, in England. He was a Viking. Can you imagine how they lived? Mm. That you got heat if you built a fire. Yeah. You got shelter if you chopped down a tree <laughs> uh, or dug a hole. Uh, I mean, uh, we've come a long way, baby. Yeah. And we're going to go further. And, the, the, uh, and this time, what we actually need now is a gospel that matches the advancements that have already been made. Mm -hmm. And uh, because that's the only way that they're going to be fully productive for the entire human race. And that's all I got to say about that. And so it is, we must leave you family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the gospel revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. And speak to us about how you want to participate. And don't forget to mark your calendars, March 24, 25, 26. We are coming to you with the revelation in our winter global Calgary Grace Conference. You can also find us on gospelrevolution.com and hit the connect link. Look for your social media network, your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure, please, please, pretty please, <laughs> hit that subscribe, share, and it like It won't button. work. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's good night from Daniel Rouse from the Frozen Tundra. And it is good night from uh, Michael Wilborn Williams right here in Queen City. Uh, couldn't be more uh, happy uh, living in a place uh, on planet Earth than what I am right here. So we appreciate you guys being a part of this. We have had uh, uh, a lot of changes go on in the uh, complexion and the makeup of our uh, support system uh, out there. It just, it seems to evolve and change and people that we never dreamed would be able, even be able to support our, our, some of our best supporters and people who 
uh, have more money than than God, as they say, uh, have chosen to stop uh, supporting and uh, and giving. And uh, but that's all got to be okay, and it is okay because regardless, we're going to do what we do. I would. Uh, <clears throat> this is one of those things Don would be mad at me for saying. Uh, whether you give or not, me and Daniel's going to be here, mm-hmm. and we're going to do this. Uh, but with your funds, we could do so much more, like all of the things that Kevin recommended that we need to do with the website, uh, many different things. So thank you for listening. We sure hope that you enjoyed today's PowerCast. And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing, whether you like it or not, all over again <laughs> next week, only better. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a wet that all the wild has been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect day you need. Righteous Nothing to complete It's not a thing that you need You're the love Just remember to breathe And take a second off Look, I'm just trying to remind you yeah, That you could be Deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to Gospel Revolution.